Welcome to the Reflect On podcast, where we embark on inspiring conversations filled with truth, vulnerability, and, well, anything else that'll help us learn, grow, and live better lives. I'm your host, Kevin P. Murphy. Thank you so much for embarking on this reflection journey with me today. Now let's get right into it. Dr. Taylor Thurston is a naturopathic doctor that has had an inspiring journey. Perhaps the most inspiring part of that journey is that she has opened up about her seemingly negative mental health experiences and turns them into a superpower so she can help herself, her patients, and other people around her. We discuss how vulnerability, contrary to popular belief, is strong, but also scary. We also reflect on the current graces, challenges, and opportunities that we have in developed healthcare systems, and that some of the best ways to help yourself is to help those around you. Dr. Thurston also shares her thoughts on the prevention versus treatment methodologies and her opinion on what the one single most important aspect is for holistic well-being. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. As always, thank you for spending time with us and enjoy this episode with Dr. Taylor Thurston. So I was curious, actually, I was thinking about what what to ask you. And Mm -hmm, one of the things I thought about first was you are to me an interesting case of a, of a doctor who isn't afraid to share their previous experiences. That to me is, is so unique in today's world. Um, so it, it has to be, I would imagine more, more rewarding for your patients to understand that camaraderie and that, that safety and things like that. But what do you think when you reflect back on that journey, whether it was when you were going through all those struggles before or, mm-hmm. and or the struggles you're going through still today, what do you think are the biggest ones you're, you've overcome or are trying to overcome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a great question. I feel like what I get a lot in terms of questions, especially for somebody who's you know, been in the shoes of a lot of the patients that I see. I think one of the more common ones is like, how did you get out of it? Uh, Because when you're in it, it can feel like it's never ending. Anyone has experienced, you know, small bits of mental health struggles. But when you're in a negative funk or you're in a bad spot, it can really feel like it will never end. Um, I think the biggest thing, honestly that I found to be the most helpful is talking about my story and telling people about it because I was so afraid to even ask for help in the first place. And when I did, I was so discouraged, but it was finding the right people to tell about it and like explain what was going on in my, in my head and that we actually all feel like this a lot and different times of our lives. And Maybe some are a little bit more, you know, severe or debilitating than others. But I Mm -hmm. think that as unfortunate as this sounded, it is part of the human experience. And then being able to lean on the people in your life for support and knowing that they've also gone through struggles as well was probably the best way that I feel like I improved and then was able to show vulnerability to the world because it's not easy. And you have to feel safe doing that because I know some for some people they have and it's kind of going sideways. So just making sure, you know, you're you're saying it to the right people. But in terms of what I feel like I've overcome, 
is probably accepting that it is part of the human experience to feel like shit sometimes um and I feel like I was always questioning why I felt that way Mm -hmm. and through a lot of my like mindfulness meditation practice I've realized that you know the worse the more we resist the more it persists unfortunately so um leaning into the idea that you know if we can accept the way we're feeling and actually deal with it it might actually get better I think the concept of like I mean when I was in my darkest I think I would say that what I've overcome is is that life's really impermanent so there's always going to be that up and down flow of things but I never feel like I want to not be here anymore I think that that's obviously a huge piece that comes with quite debilitating depression and then the things that I feel like I I struggle with still to this day um (laughs) hmm that's a tough question because I feel like there's still so much that I need to learn and grow with but I feel like um, leaning into the idea that, I mean, for me as a practitioner, that I can't help everybody um, and that there's still um, quite a lot of bad stuff in the world that really debilitates people's mental health. But personally, I feel like just to be a lot more patient with myself and that I can't know everything, I think is uh, definitely one thing that I feel like I, I will forever struggle with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, lo- I love how you, I love how you entered that. Uh, sorry. I love how you ended that rather, because one of the things that I was thinking about when I, before I thought about that question to ask you was mm-hmm. I used the word overcome. And to me, it's, it's, it's not a light switch, right? right. It's not, something you just reach a mountaintop and then okay like I I don't have any more issues anymore right <laughs> I'm never gonna worry about the fear of judgment of others or anything like that and it's it it's a perpetual journey almost it seems like I also thought it was great that you answered I'm curious about when that point you started to talk to others it sounds like you started to go to clinicians or professionals or you know do- other doctors and things like that Mm -hmm. I'm curious with you, your experience, was there things that were holding you back from talking to those closest to you? And if so, why? Hmm. Um, If anyone is listening, that's an athlete, they can definitely resonate with this, but I've played my little sports my whole life and Mm -hmm. think as much as I have learned so much from being an athlete, I think it may have come with some downfalls of, wow. you know, you put your, you put your head down and you get through things and you, you tough it out really. Um, and yeah, that's great for certain things. It has definitely driven me to be where I am today, but when it comes to your mental, emotional health, that's not helpful to fight against it. Kind of what I was saying earlier with resisting it, but I think that that was the biggest factor of it feeling like a weakness like it felt like if I told everyone people would treat me differently I remember actually um quite vividly I was driving I was visiting a friend actually in Queens 
and I was in my car and I, I don't know, I don't know why, but I had a panic attack. So I had to pull over, ended up kind of fainting (laughs) and it's not funny, but I just remember this so vividly and being like, I'm going to be late for hockey, Mm -hmm. which perpetuated the panic attack uh, because we had a strict rule on our team can't be late. And I remember having to tell my my coach about it. And so I remember I'm pretty sure it was like my mom was involved somehow and was like, you you have to tell your coach what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that was when I think that things started to open up for me in the sense that like people aren't going to treat you differently. And so the biggest thing I feel like for an athlete was like, it wasn't that they weren't going to support me. It was that they were going to treat me differently. They were going to be like, are you okay? Like, do we need, like, do we need to spend more time with you and all those types of things? So I feel like that probably is the biggest reason I never reached out earlier, never shared my story Mm -hmm. or like got help when I needed earlier. You're kind of hovering on something I, I really believe in as well, which is the fact that you said the phrase tough it out. And you said the phrase, yeah. you know, uh, approaching it and almost as if you were almost as if being looked upon as if you were broken. Right. But I think what's really interesting is that I think vulnerability is more strength equal equates to more strength. And we have a culture that uh, in most places, we have a culture that almost thinks the exact opposite. And it's been cultured into us for our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether you're a standard male, as an example, or you're an athlete like yourself or anything in between, it doesn't anyone. If you're trying to perform at a high level and you're trying to look the best for people, it, it seems like we think that if we're vulnerable, that makes us more broken. Right. Yeah. How how, how did you how did you actually flip that switch? in regards to understanding if you agree with that of course how did you yeah. how did you flip that switch to understand that okay being more vulnerable actually makes me stronger was it the first time you did it and realized the repercussions and that people aren't going to judge you as much as you thought or tell me more about how that how that works for yeah you. i feel like vulnerability is one of those things where when you when you don't it doesn't actually feel courageous when you're doing it. So sometimes it takes a long time to realize that, you know, showing up that way and telling your story is courageous. Mm -hmm. So I feel like at the time I had no idea and I was scared shitless, (laughs) to be (laughs) honest. Um, And so I guess looking back on it now, I'm not really sure what switched I think maybe over time, I realized how many other people were also experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And it felt like, you know, I wasn't broken or I wasn't alone in that and that a lot of Mm -hmm. people share that experience. And vulnerability is funny because I feel like for a lot of people, it doesn't feel courageous when you do it. It actually feels not good until Mm -hmm. maybe later on where Mm -hmm. you can get the support or whatever ends up happening from that vulnerability like but vulnerability is scary and um it's often like very very uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. so 
I don't know if I have a specific answer in terms of like where that switch happened, but I mm -hmm. guess I, I opened up in uh, probably in the last situation. I'm like, well, with heck with it. Like I'll just try and see what, mm -hmm. and see what happens. And then I think that grew the conversation within like my support team and, and even my close group of friends. Um, and then I've, I've just kind of felt like, that's the part that's been missing for a lot of people. So I do my best to share and be as authentic as I can, because I feel like a lot of people try and hide behind things. Um, and especially like as a doctor or as like athletes, like there's more people coming out and it just shows, you know, general populations that it's okay to also be in that same position as well. Yeah. But I don't know that I have a, as a little switch of a moment, but that's a good question. It's an incredible, incredible answer. Nonetheless, you, you mentioned, I love how your story bled you into actually pursuing something that you really think, at least from my opinion, and looking outside, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it looks like that call to service for you in regards to helping people understand similar journeys that you went on yourself and are continuing to go on is something that has potentially helped you even more personally, looking outward, helping others and things like that. And I've, you know, I've listened a lot and, and learned a lot that when we look outward and actually try to see the problems of the world or see the problems of others, potentially, instead of focusing so much on ourselves, whether it's beating ourselves up or negative connotations or things like that, it actually it actually kind of heals some of it un unknowingly mm -hmm. almost, right? Um, yeah. But you mentioned that inspiration to start sort of your practice. So I'm curious, since you started and you've really been treating patients regularly, what would you say are the two to three or a couple of items that are the most surprising to you from your from your clients and your patients? In terms of how they feel or what do you mean by that? Really anything, ultimately what, what they express to you, obviously keeping mm. confidentiality yeah, front course, and center, yeah. of course, but what they express to you, what problems you learned mm. about that you didn't realize were connected. Like one of the things I, 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 I love of what you do is that you really, obviously you're a naturopathic doctor, but you really look at things in a holistic manner. You don't mm -hmm. just, you're, you're willing to explore, you're willing to be open, you're willing to learn other facets beyond just what your degree got you and and your your current you know your studies did what have you learned that from your patients that, and that you think has been the biggest surprise to you since you've started I was telling someone this the other day I maybe not answering the question fully but I think I think as a someone in the medical world what I've actually find to be the most frustrating um, is just how little we've learned in school to help us support our mental health and how many issues could probably have been better managed, controlled, solved if we learn to manage our emotions, our thoughts, our finances, our, you know, the things that are important to being an adult. Mm -hmm. And I guess that doesn't fully answer your question, but I think that what I'm trying to say is that what 
people are looking for for support for their mental health is usually not something that can be done really quickly. And mm -hmm. so as much as like supplements and diet and, and me medications and all the aspects, all the multifactorial aspects of treating a mental health disorder, I think it all comes down to like where like what has happened in our life in terms of trauma and what adverse events have kind of shaped us to be how we are and mm -hmm. how that has wired us to be a certain way and just through our lens of which we see the world. But the biggest thing I find is like so many people um, have built up things in their mind because we were never taught how to deal with mm -hmm. difficult stuff. And like, that's the shit that makes people go kind of nuts because we don't know how to deal with our emotions that are so powerful. We don't know how to have difficult conversations. We don't know how to maintain and be in healthy relationships and mm -hmm. develop good boundaries. So I feel like that actually has been the most profound thing I've noticed that is both frustrating and eye-opening at the same time. And that, I mean, that's a big reason why I want to and will be doing some mindfulness-based therapies and stuff and group programs. But I think that that's, that's a frustration, but an eye-opening piece that I've found a lot with patients. It's just like how it's not, and it's no one's fault. It's mm -hmm. just unfortunate the way, like, I mean, at least we can play a recorder and uh, um, do calculus, but I guess okay. it's just not overly helpful. I find in, in the real day-to-day -day struggles that most adults face. So that's so funny. I said this actually earlier today to someone. I'm really happy we learned about parallelograms and not how to do our taxes in high yeah. school. Or, yeah, that or in too. grade school and stuff too, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I saw it on a meme like a very, very long time ago. And I I have a bias just because I'm in the financial world, but oh, it's, hilarious. Uh, yeah. it's uh <laughs> it's I couldn't agree more, honestly. And I love how you're 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 really thinking of things as an in the function, like I see it and I could be wrong, but in the functional medicine approach where it's the body is an ecosystem. It's, it's not, it's important to reflect back on what, like you said, all the different things that have made us who we are today to understand them. And yeah. I feel like a lot of us don't even do the first step of that. But to your point, because we haven't been cultured or haven't learned how to do it at all. And we think it's scary. And we think it's, we think it's wrong. We think it's not strong as well yeah right yeah and um it's really it's really interesting how your practice is kind of seemingly meeting like psychotherapy with naturopathic medicine it's like mm -hmm. it's incredible i haven't actually seen anything like it i'm i could be wrong like i don't know if there's a lot of things out there like it but it uh it that, i think that's why it's so inspiring honestly i really do yeah like uh, there's definitely there's definitely people that have dual you know, dual training, but I actually will say that that's something and someone that I always, I often always refer patients to see someone who has additional training in therapy because they've had extensively more, you know, certifications and education on that piece. And I work mm -hmm. very heavy, heavy handedly with those practitioners to get the best care and treatment out of people. But yeah, I think addressing all of those aspects and having like people on your team that will address all of those aspects is super important too but yeah um sorry i was actually you made me curious about another question too when we think about mm -hmm. 
we've talked a lot about sort of how we've been cultured or what we've learned and whether it's through our school system or medical system or whatever it is without obviously stepping on too many toes, so to speak. Um, but I think it's yeah. really important to hear a raw and honest opinion from you. What do you think are some of the most misunder misunderstood things about our current healthcare system? I want to get too in trouble here. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the preview to the question. Yeah, I, I would say that, I would say before I, I guess answer the question is that I do feel like people are doing their best and it is yeah. a system that that has been set in place for a very long time and mm -hmm. generally speaking we are very privileged to have free health care there's a significant amount of benefit to mm -hmm. our health care system um and i i genuinely do believe that everyone is trying to do good that is how i will you know, preview that question. But for, for the most part, I will say that the system isn't designed for prevention. It isn't designed for chronic illness. And I think that that is where, you know, conventional care really has its downfalls. So mm -hmm. when I say that, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially referring to the very small amount of time you have with your doctor. Um, it's very symptom-based where this is the symptom, this is the medication. I do think medications are profound. They they need to be there, but there's a million other things associated with most healthcare, most health conditions. I would say like our hospital is incredible in terms of like you have an emergency, you go to the ER, those types of things. I just I do feel like it's it's not built for illnesses that have been around for a long time that are multifaceted that are um mental emotional based sometimes but mm -hmm. i i do think that um a lot of it is that we most of the healthcare systems understaffed and over and overworked um right. and for the most part many people within that system are underpaid and undervalued so there's lots of issues there but I will say that where I think like naturopathic medicine shines um, is things that, you know, have been around for a long time that have many different factors. Um, and ideally, everybody would have, you know, a family doctor, which is a big issue in BC, but family doctor and ND, you know, you have all those people mm -hmm. and it's all covered. But that's uh, that's a conversation for another day. But essentially um that's where i feel like it can have the most downfalls um when we're talking about like long-term conditions i tend to agree just in the sense that there's no value in placing blame on on people really um right there's a value in trying to learn and grow and evolve the system to mm -hmm. treat more of the things that we've understood as a society more right that are chronic yeah. problems but I like, I, I really like how you mentioned the fact that it's, it's not as if, and, and one thing I thought about actually, when you said that was, if you think about a nurse or a doctor, like who's helping them, you know, everyone focuses seemingly again, just my opinion, but every, a lot of people focus on, okay, what is the care they're providing? But I've learned this even through my own role is I can't, unless I value my own life enough, I can't be the best person for my partner, for my family, for my, for my friends, let alone all my clients or, or right. patients or whoever yeah. you work with. So yeah. who's helping them? 
is a question that may not be asked enough. Yeah, you bring up you bring up a really good thing that I talk about all the time, but like you can't you can't uh, you have to fill your bucket up first for sure. But like the amount of burnout and stress and all the other things that have happened for many doctors and nurses all over the world, um, especially mm-hmm. in the last two years, just showed how, you know, how, maybe how little we actually provide them with assistance um, mm-hmm. rather than them giving everything to us. And I feel like that has shown and, you know, has been really highlighted over the last few years with COVID. Yeah, no, it's well said. I think another thing, you know, I'm I'm going to guess that you've read about this, maybe have contemplated this idealism as well. But I think another thing the last couple of years has maybe shown us is how we really need to focus on more than just a few factors in prevention or symptom treating, as opposed to our overall health as an mm-hmm. individual. I mean, the verbiage treatment versus prevention when you hear that, what comes to mind for you, treatment versus prevention? That speaks very directly to the principles of naturopathic medicine, which we tend to try and follow. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of them is prevention. So I definitely feel like I went into naturopathic medicine for that reason. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, there's, there's a lot of conditions that we can't fully prevent. But there's a significant amount of conditions that we can do a whole heck of a lot of before mm-hmm. they ever develop that way. And so I, I guess that's not to put blame on people who developed certain of conditions, of course, but I feel like, and I don't know that it's, I don't know, this is tough sometimes, but I feel like it's a combination of, yes, it's your responsibility as a person to want to care for your health, but there's a whole, there's a whole system set in place that also is supposed to take care of you and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe where we need more support rather than supporting on the individual level because you know for most people health care they didn't go to school for science they didn't go to school for health care so to put that on them to figure it out on them on their own um, it goes back to what we learned in high school like we didn't take a class on you know nutrition or like you could drop out of exercise or whatever in grade, I don't even know, like super Mm -hmm. early. So those types of things that I feel like our system maybe sets some people up for poor health outcomes rather than putting all the emphasis on an individual. But yeah, I do feel like, especially with COVID, there's an element of prevention there. Um, Obviously people got COVID when they were normally healthy and things not like un- very unfortunate situations happen, but for the most part, a lot of it was worsened significantly by, you know, the poorer your health was often the worst outcomes you had if you developed COVID. But yes, mm-hmm. I, I definitely believe strongly in whatever we can do to either prevent it from overtaking your whole life or even just to prevent it from developing in the first place is huge. This is going to actually go against a lot of the things we've been talking about, but I'm just curious for you, you think of emotional health and how that, how we treat that or all facets of health, rather, you think of the preventional measures that we, we have each day that we can work on. So diet, sleep, exercise, Mm -hmm. vulnerability, uh, social connection, whatever that community service, whatever those might be, 
if you had to pick one, like I said, this goes against everything we talked about, but if you had to pick one, mm. what would you say is the most important? Oh my gosh. If you could only have one of those elements, I would say social connection. I think because you could, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really hard question, but I would say like, if I'm thinking about all of those facets, you could eat the best, like have the best sleep. Like you could be really healthy and also alone and have no connection. And I feel like that is just human instinct. Like that's mm -hmm. innate to us. And so without support and without communities, and I actually see this in practice, like the mm -hmm. ones without that social support, the ones who've moved from different countries and now they're alone here trying to figure it all out they're doing everything mm -hmm. and they are isolated and alone and I feel like if anything we can just look back on the pandemic to know that alone with like the isolation that people feel I I, I think yeah I think social connection and community would probably be my number one wow that's incredible I don't um, know what do you think that's a good question <laughs> I think almost in a way of cheating the question, I think that that answer, so like social connection, community, belonging, sense of belonging, mm -hmm. that can really be a foundation for all the other facets. So I'm right. going to stick to that answer in the sense <laughs> okay. of cheating because it yeah. <laughs> obviously that's a hack. So, um, yeah, all good. <laughs> but, but it's a wonderful, wonderful, good answer. I have a couple of final questions but yeah. before we get to them. I want to acknowledge to you and what you do. It's incredible how, like I said at the beginning, you've become someone that is gone on a journey yourself and more importantly, willing to share that journey to use it as an act of service. I think that's the catalyst that sets you apart from a lot of people. It what, The vulnerability, the willingness to understand, truly be, truly be empathetic with clients. When I say that, I mean... I think of empathy, I think, go into their shoes. So mm -hmm. I just want to acknowledge you. It's it's really inspiring what you're doing. So thank you for it. And uh, and don't stop. <laughs> thank you um, so much for the kind words. I really appreciate that. Of course. Yeah. So this question is an interesting one. It's called Wisdom Bites. Okay? okay. So I want you to take a moment and think about all of the wisdom that you've accumulated. Incredibly hard to contemplate, of course, but I want you to think about all of the learnings that you've had, the mistakes, the failures, the triumphs, the joys, what you've learned from all of that. Now I want you to forget it and not remember anything and imagine that moving forward, you could only live by three pieces of wisdom, three mantras, three pieces of wisdom. What would those three wisdom bites be? Mm. See, this is where I would love the questions beforehand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea that life is impermanent will be a very big one on mine because your highs will leave. Your really low lows will also leave and it's forever changing. And the idea that those moments that you have will come and go and you will never have them again. So I feel like that may wrap up my three because I could relate it to a lot of things, especially with like people in your life, moments mm. in your life, like they will come and they will go. And to make sure that people know 
how you feel about them is a big one um, because yeah life is impermanent and it's damn short so just making sure people know how you feel about them really trying to live in the moment um, whether that's through shitty storms or the best day of your life I think that might I'm trying to think of other two but I think that kind of encompasses one of the biggest like wisdoms that I've gained over even my you know, my best times in my life and my worst. Wow, that's powerful. That's okay that you only had one. It's a pretty yeah, powerful I'm, one. So I um, reflect on that one. Yeah, interestingly, it actually leads me to almost my final question. But before that, I want to ask how else I, I can support you. So I know, obviously, you're Dr. Taylor Thurston on Instagram, drtaylorthurston.com, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. supporting you there on the platforms learning more you do an incredible amount of education you you've taught me a lot like taught me a lot and it's amazing that you've done that without even connecting directly with you so mm-hmm. it is very very powerful how else can I support you I mean I think the the things that you're doing with like bringing on people that will help other people to learn um, but one thing that I can say is I feel like these types of things um, I feel very supported in, but your support through my social media is probably the best place to. And then um, because I'm in practicing in BC, I can't take on patients outside of that province. But when I start running um, workshops and, you know, mindfulness meditation things and that, that's con- that can be something that we promote um through people from Ontario. Um yeah. Of course. Yeah. I think the more people it gets out to you, the more people you're helping, right? So I think that's beautiful. So you actually mentioned it at the answer of your last question. You said you needed to reflect on it a little bit more. And it's my final question. What is one thing you you should reflect on more? I would say this goes for myself, but also everyone listening to this that everyone, including myself, should reflect on the good things in their life and the good things that they have accomplished. Um, because we we shit on ourselves enough that um, as, as much as we can um, to reflect on all the goods that have happened and also like how far we've come to be where we are today. Thank you very much for spending time with me on the Reflect On podcast today. If you found this episode enjoyable or inspiring, please share it with those who it may help and leave a positive review so that we can grow together. Until next time, reflect onward and keep moving forward.